0: The Poets Perspective podcast is brought to you by Urban Grind Coffee House. What better way than to start your day by grabbing life by the beans? Coffee beans, that is. Visit UrbanGrindAtlanta.com to get coffee delivered right to your doorstep. And be sure to use the discount code POETRY to save 15% on your next pound of coffee. And if you'd like to be a part of the culture and represent the eclectic vibe and positive energy that Urban Grind has to offer, you can choose from our selection of brand new Urban Grind apparel. And if you're in the Atlanta area, make sure you visit Urban Grind for their selection of specialty coffees, sandwiches, and pastries while you get your studying done, working on that million dollar idea, or just meeting up with friends. Urban Grind Coffee House. Keep grinding. Starry Walker. Hi. What's happening? How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. I'm digging the hairstyle. Thank you. Uh, I'm digging that. Is that that blue? Is that blue? It is blue. It is. So what was the inspiration behind that?
1: Oh, I just wanted Bantu knots, and then I just got a color. That's all. Okay. I (laughs) love color, so.
0: That's what's up. That's what's up. I'm digging it. So for everybody that's with us, you're with the Urban Grind open mic. We have reached our feature portion. Our feature this evening is Starry Walker is somebody that I haven't. There's been a few poets on here that I haven't seen in person. Starry is one of them, uh, but I know that she is an amazing poet. Uh, I have had the pleasure of being a part of Cause of Dope-Ass Writers with her. So I get to see kind of the inner workings of her work and her thought process. And then I get to see the finished product sometimes. So, uh, so that's cool to see. So that's how this came about. But uh, Starry, go ahead and introduce yourself to the people.
1: Yes um yeah you get to see the finished product when i decide to finish the poems that we work on. <laughs> um, but yes i'm starry starry lyle also starry walker um i'm from greenville south carolina i am a poet um and i know it what else? Uh, I am a part of College of Dope Ass Writers with Justin, so everyone should come and join us for a summer session. Okay, we're gonna start June. When is it? June twenty second, I think. Something like Something that. Something like that. Are you doing? <laughs> it?
0: Are you? Doing, are you doing the summer session? Yeah, I signed up for it. Okay, I haven't signed up yet.
1: Why you didn't sign up? I, I took, like, one of the first, like, discount spots. I can't be paying all that money.
0: I know. That's right. Yeah, I need to, I need to get on it. <laughs> I just been I just been Yeah.
1: So, yeah. And I'm going to do a piece. Um, So, you have heard if you were in class, and that's the piece I'm going to choose to do. And then, yeah. So, all
0: right. The floor is yours.
1: Are you want me to start? I- <laughs> this... It's for the black girls that y'all think are too loud, too sensitive, too carefree, that are judged before they even speak or when they choose not to speak at all for the ones that like to wear crowns year-round because they know who they be, yelling, hey, on Saturday night and amen on Sunday morning they are ratchet and righteous this is not a rant it is a reclamation of power that a black girl needs to resurrect her voice so that it may be louder than the drums at a southern black Baptist church during an impromptu praise break that spills over into the late afternoon see me head to toe dressed in hallelujahs and amens blessed but with a chip on my shoulder still striving to be better repelling your judgment because you don't know a damn thing about me I am the product of a man's lie and a woman's wishful thinking. I didn't ask to be here, but was conditioned to ask for permission to be me in the mix, of perceived defeat. I once folded my voice into a whisper and tucked it in the second drawer of a caramel dress that was missing knobs and leaned a little bit, gave up, laid in my bed as if it was a casket, wished that I could just be someone else and not at all hid my hope next to the past of would catch my every other month bloody middle school surprise A period that was always late and early branded on me as the reason for my bad mood but in spite of cramps and the stain new Jeans that your mom just bought for you. Sometimes you can just be mad at the world for stampeding all over your truth, your joy, your spirit, like a herd of startled elephants, especially since the last time your voice was actually heard it was the day of your birth. I was evicted from my mother's womb. Came into this world kicking and screaming with umbilical cord cycles of lack wrapped around my neck trying to suffocate me. Supposedly I had been born free, but I was born with the rusty spoon in my mouth, with an inheritance of trauma and strife that bound my head and it strains me to reach up and catch my blessings when they are falling from the heavens. Did you know that for a teenage black girl, hell can be four walls painted blue jay eggshell blue by the devil himself, and she can be an angel that thought that God forgot to give her wings so that she can fly herself to freedom, and she is stuck here until someone throws her a lifeline, the form of writing lies on a page, and then her voice finds a way to crawl back inside of her. So now she is loud, screaming to remind herself that her voice does matter, that it can't move men and mountains. She is sensitive because she remembers the empty feeling of not being able to get out of bed to feel anything and she is carefree. She used to care so much about what other people thought that it stunted her growth and in celebration of everything that she's overcome, she wears a crown and a smile every single day of the year, walking down the street dancing to Meg the Stallion and Kirk Franklin, twerking because she can, and praising God because she's still choosing life. so don't you dare judge her even if you think you've learned a thing or two about it. Thank you.
0: Ooh. Ooh.
1: That's my poem. That's my favorite poem right now that I've written. so.
0: ooh, yeah. ooh. That's heavy. I feel like we just need a moment of silence. To let that... <laughs> wow, that was a uh, that was heavy. That was good. That was vulnerable. That was amazing. I love the way you spit it. Oh, man. Thank you. Uh, God, and that's, that's one of the things I love about you. You're like, hey, guys, I'm sorry, and I'm just going to do a little <laughs> something, something. And then when you start, you're like, yeah. And then the poem is like a punch in my chest. <sighs> that was heavy. That was heavy. That was heavy. Uh, man, uh, but no, but no. in all seriousness, awesome piece. I love that piece. Um, Thank you. So, um so, story, what made you decide to want to be a poet? What made you decide to want to start writing poems?
1: Okay, so storytelling really just kind of chose me. Um I used to listen to my great grandmother Virginia Scott, who was a black woman from Fountain, in South Carolina, and she would um she would tell stories like while she was cleaning the house. And I don't know the origin of the stories If she was just making it up But I would just remember what she told me While she was cleaning Or what she would just be speaking out loud And talking and like singing about And I would just be in the back seat with my mom Riding home And I would just start saying the stories That my grandma like was saying And then my mom would be like Like where did you get that from? And I would just start filling in the holes Just making up stuff And what age and was this? What, what age were you? I was this? like at that time, I was, like, four or five. Okay. That's when my great-grandmother used to watch me, and she was, like, my best friend. So I really you, I really got it from her because I really thought she was, like, making up stuff. And I would just start doing the same thing she did. And so I always had, like, a creative spirit, I'm always into colors, always into just good stories. So I didn't really, like know that I wanted to be a poet I knew that I was a poet really I really didn't define myself like that until like high school um around like ninth grade I started watching Def Jam poetry like on uh like YouTube (laughs) and then and then there was like that uh proud family episode when they had the poetry open mind I don't know if y'all remember that (laughs) when penny proud and uh DJ janae was uh <laughs> they I, was, remember, I remember you know show, I remember, I remember the episode i
0: don't remember that episode
1: yes they were <laughs> you gotta go look it up they was they uh did um I open mind like in a in a coffee shop and they I had bet, a poetry i've been
0: pretty frosted a fire piece too yeah but DJ was better DJ won Oh, DGNA wow. won the competition, yeah.
1: <laughs> so, Dang. like, stuff like that would, like, pop up in, like, cartoons and Disney Channel. And I was just like, I can do that. Like, I could do that. So,
0: yeah. So is it safe to say, like, the, it was the spoken, for you, it was the <laughs> spoken word before it was, like, the actual poetry?
1: Um. Well, yeah. So it wasn't, um, it was... A uh, matter of me hearing it, hearing stories, because like most, well, for me, I'm, I come from a Southern black family. So everything is really a story in my family, like okay. everything is a story. It don't matter if you just, somebody came into the house, was telling grandma about what happened up the street. Like everything was like this long drawn out, like dramatic story. And it was so interesting. And it was just all this drama, like, <laughs> so, uh, like that I grew up around, and it was always like, um, somebody telling a story about what happened, somebody taking that and like relaying it to somebody else and so as a child I would just listen to how different people around me told stories and I just really liked it and then I grew up in like a Southern Black Baptist church so the preacher was always had a story, it was always exciting and he was just always making people move and cry and laugh and I just, I don't know I just really enjoyed it Wow, that's
0: what's up, so It sounds like where you grew up in South Carolina kind of fostered, like, that creativity. Would you say that?
1: Definitely. And then, like, and just, like, having just the expression of it, like, I really do, like, give credit to poetry and, like, spoken word for, like, really saving my life. Like I was saying in the poem, like, you know, somebody threw me a lifeline. Somebody came into my classroom and they did a workshop. It was Glennis Redman, a poet. She came into my classroom, did a workshop, and I just saw this black lady with these long locks, like, telling stories about her grandma, her mom, like, where she's from. And I was like, oh, snap. Like, like, this lady, like, she's killing it. And she just really changed my whole, like, perspective on that, on what I could do with poetry, so, yeah.
0: So, um... Who are and you touched on a few of them, but who are some of your biggest influences as far as poets and then just uh, just in general in life?
1: Yeah, so just in general, whether I know them or not, um, Glennis Redman definitely. Glennis Redman, who's a poet. Um, I think she was born in South Carolina. I think she, uh, yeah, I think she was born in South Carolina, so out of South Carolina, and then um, who was Erica Badu? Is like my go-to. Like I love Erica Badu. Everything that she sings, I feel like is poetry. I just love Erica Badu, and I'm a Pisces, so it's probably because of that. She's a Pisces. Um, yeah, like those are the two like artistic like major influences. I mm-hmm. think Shanita's still in here. She's one of them from like our generation. Um, yeah. Who else? Bittersweet out of South Carolina. I don't know if you know who that is, but she's a beast. Bittersweet, okay. gotta look her up. Bittersweet. She's a beast. Yeah, Bitter is a beast. Bittersweet.
0: sweet, I'm gonna check her out. <laughs> bitter so, um, What city are you from in South Carolina?
1: I'm from Greenville. So we have here, we have coffee on the ground, say what, open mic.
0: Okay. And yeah,
1: so. And that's what yeah. I was gonna so, ask,
0: like, what's like, the, is there a spoken word scene out there?
1: Definitely. So Coffee Underground has been going for like 11, to, well, probably now it's probably been like 15 years. It's the longest running open mic in in South Carolina.
0: Wow. So, okay.
1: Yeah. And so, and then, um, let me see. Do we have other ones too? We have, uh, Red Velvet Cafe in Anderson, South Carolina. That's like an hour away, uh, from Greenville. So yeah.
0: Do you remember the first time you performed?
1: The first time I performed poetry, my yes. own poetry, um, yes, well, I could say, okay, so the first time I shared my poetry, like, in front of, like, a group of, like, 20 to 30 people was when Glennis Raymond came to my high school and did a poetry workshop, and I dropped this poem, and it was, like, that, that was really the poem that saved me right there, that poem that I wrote in that workshop wow. is what saved me. Definitely. And so when I dropped that poem, it was like this, like something just opened up inside of me. Like my heart just opened up inside of me and I was just filled with so much joy and love and like a will to live. Because at that point, I just wanted to like run away and forget everything and everybody.
0: When you say say it saved you, uh, if you could elaborate on that a little bit.
1: Yeah, no, like I mean, like it saved me like I didn't want to live. But Mm -hmm. I was never the type of person to contemplate suicide, but I already felt dead. I don't know if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. You already felt dead, but yeah, but you don't want to take your own life. You know what I'm saying? But um, yeah, so when I say it saved me, it was like it went from like night to day in that class like in that classroom my high school classroom it wasn't even my class something in me called to me and told me to go there i I heard she was coming i skipped my own class for like three days to go to this workshop wow i skipped my class to sit in that classroom with her (laughs) and it wasn't even my class i wasn't even supposed to be there but something in me said you have to be there if anybody in this school should be there it should be you (laughs) <laughs> so wow. I sat there and I did the work with her and I, I shared my, my heart in that class and that's what I mean by it saved me from then on out it was like life was just going up it was just going back up
0: Wow! and yeah that's interesting because I kind of got uh, I mean when it comes to like me like pursuing poetry I kind of got a similar story like as far as just like feeling like worthless and not having a reason and but it was like at my lowest point it was somebody else that read some of my poems that I just had laying around there like yo this is good man just do something with this and so once i started writing more and actually getting out and performing it kind of gave me a reason it gave me passion for life not just poetry so so i can definitely relate when it comes to that so so that's what's up um yeah,
1: like every time i read a poem i feel like i feel like something in me is revived that's how i know i'm supposed to be a poet
0: mm, that's deep SD. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what, uh, I mean, obviously, you know, other than poetry itself, what other things inspire you to to write?
1: Um, what other things inspire me to write? My family. Um, so um, right now, my biggest inspiration is my great, great. Yes, my great, great grandmother. Mm. So my it's my mom's mom's grandma. wow my yeah something like that yeah (laughs) Yeah, it's my mom it's my my mom's no it's my mom's grandma yeah okay so um but i i I obviously i didn't know her but i um i'm really big on african-american history so i was just asking my family like i wanted to fill in our family tree because i don't know the people before my great grandma and so i found out what her mom's name was and it's brula and it was the most beautiful name that I had heard and in a long time. I just kept saying it, Brula, Brula, and it sounded like a prayer to me. And so I was like, she's my inspiration because everything that I'm doing, I'm doing it for my ancestors. That's why it is so important for me to be a poet, to be an artist full time. I'm doing this for for Brula. And I have a name to put to it now before I just say my ancestors. But it's like, nah, I'm doing it for Brula. 'Cause wow. what was Bruna doing back in the day? She wasn't sitting around like writing poems and looking at clouds, but I can.
0: Wow. Yeah, so yeah. I don't, don't want to be that guy that's like every time you say something I'm like, oh me too. But like <laughs> <laughs> but my grandmother It's all right. but, but my grandmother, uh my grandmother is like she's like the only person in my family who I knew that wrote poetry when she was alive. And she paid to get her poems in this book, and I remember she was just so excited. But uh, but her last name was Patton. So Patton is my middle name. So that's why I go by that mm. so every time. Like, I, um, every time I'm doing a poem, I feel like I'm channeling her energy. So, uh, so I just say that to say I can definitely relate when it comes to that. Um,
1: yes.
0: So tell me about your writing process. Are you one of those people like you sit down to just write something? Or do you like just write kind of just wait till inspiration strikes?
1: So I low-key got, like, ADHD or something. (laughs) So so I can't. It's very hard for me. I I have, like, a million ideas running through my head. So it's very hard for me to sit down and see a project all the way through. That's the reason why when we start all those prompts in class, (laughs) that they're not always finished because Mm -hmm. something else came up. It sparked something else in me. So I'm the type of person that I'm working on discipline right now because – yeah, I'm definitely working on discipline, but I've been forcing myself to like sit down and just write. Uh, I don't know how well I'm doing, but I'm I'm trying to get there because you know it's a discipline. So if you don't do it, you won't get better. You won't get paid. So right. I so I used to be the person. I'm not this person anymore because I'm claiming better. But I used to be the person that it was just like mm-hmm. I would be inspiration just. Sh- hitting me, like mm-hmm. striking me, and I would just be able to write the poem. But that first poem, that's not going to be your best piece. It ain't never your best piece. It don't matter who it is, right. what poet it is, how many awards they don't won. That first draft is, that's not it. That's right. just, that's, you know what I'm saying? You got to peel back the layers of Definitely. it. And so that's what I'm learning. That's why I'm in College of Dope-Ass Writers, so that I can be around y'all, so that we can bounce ideas off each other. You know what I'm saying? So...
0: Yeah, yeah, most definitely, mm-hmm. most definitely. And I, I try to do the same thing, like allow myself, to, allow myself to write shitty because I was kind of in the same mind frame, like, okay, I'm writing this poem and it's got to be perfect the first time. It's never going to be perfect the first time.
1: Never.
0: So, uh, so I definitely get it when it comes to that. So, so with this whole poetry thing, what's your favorite part about it? Is it the writing? Is it the performing? Is it the marketing part about it, like branding yourself? What is it for you that really that really does it for you?
1: So my favorite part of poetry of this, pro- my favorite part of the process is performing. Okay. Give me a stage. Like, I, know that's right. I, know that's I need a right. stage. I don't even care if that stage is me in front of the mirror in my bathroom, but I need to speak. Like, I need to be able to say it like this, say it like that. So that's my favorite part. My least favorite part is actually the writing part. I really? hate it. I hate it. Like, it's because you write something, you be like, oh, it's not dope enough. Oh, man. Like, this <laughs> that's, like this could be better. That poem was way better than me. Like, oh, <laughs> right, right. my God, leave. Uh, but anyway so but i'm i want to fall in love with writing but but that's not it's really that speaking part that revives me and it's the speaking part that i love the most but you have to have content (laughs) you have to write your content so yeah
0: so i feel that matter of fact i was just having a conversation with one of my homies i was telling him like god sitting down and writing a poem sometimes feels like like just stabbing (laughs) myself in the chest a million times like you you trying to go deep inside yourself as much as you can to try to pull something out. And it's so, it's so frustrating, but when you can finally get that finished product, it feels so good. But the process is like, Oh my God, I just want to rip my eyes out every time. Exactly. So yeah, so it's, so it's rough. It's rough. But how is, um, matter of fact, have you ever felt like you bombed on stage or can yeah. you remember your first performance?
1: <laughs> yeah, so
0: my, about, like, tell me what that was
1: like. Okay, so my worst performance, oh, where was? It could be so many times. Like, where which one I want to pick. <laughs> so, my worst performance, I think I was in high school and actually it's probably all the one, all the performances I did in high school, all of them. (laughs) And so I'm 25 now. So I like every last performance and it was because I was the poet that would get up and speak a thousand words a minute. (laughs) Like, if I, I, my poems would be so long and I would like try to get them all out, like get them all out, get them all out. I wouldn't look at the audience. I would close my eyes. I would just be spitting, spitting, spitting. And everybody would be like, yeah, 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 yeah. But they like, they, they didn't have a second. Like they couldn't <laughs> process like no words, no stanzas. They were like, yeah. oh, it was good, but you know. So all those performances. Um, I've had times where I never really forgot a poem before
0: um wow that's pretty good not,
1: not really i I've, i have but i've been able to catch myself uh the one time i did forget a poem and i just started all over and did a whole new poem that i was in high school uh but yeah but i don't really forget my poems like that um
0: uh, no. do you uh so do you practice them a lot before you take them to the stage
1: um, I do, and um, like open mics is practice for me. So open mics and even slams are practice for me. That's a that's practice because your your performance like a show, like a paid show, like that's when you really need to show up and show out. So slams, um, I use those for practice. Like I read in a slam sometimes, not all the time, but if I have something really fire that I think is fire, I like will read it. Um, just to get it out and start practicing, looking at the audience and stuff like that. But yeah, so I do practice. I go over my poems over and over and over and over again.
0: Okay. So do you prefer I, I just, would would you prefer like doing a set or a slam?
1: Um, I would prefer doing a set. Okay. Yeah, okay. a set because a slam like in a slam like we all in a slam i only heard what i said because it's a competition and i can't really be but listening to you
0: because <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
1: like, i can't really listen to you because then i'm gonna forget my poem and i'm gonna fuck up so while you're talking i'm going over my poems in my head while you're performing on stage i'm saying a poem too and so and i might even be in the bathroom y'all might not even see me while you're on stage because i'm in the <laughs> bathroom so, cause it's a, it's a, it's a competition, but for a set, I can enjoy the open mic and listen to everybody. Okay, I can yeah. smile. Like yeah. I can scream, like, you know,
0: Yeah, slam you out for blood.
1: <laughs> Not really, but it's just like a nervous thing for me. Like, I cannot sit okay. and listen to 10 poets before I go on. Like, no.
0: But I think it's amazing that you've never forgot a poem. I've, um, I mean, I have, but I haven't. Yeah. Like I've stumbled and
1: I've never just got up to do a poem and was like, What is the rest of my poem?
0: Like I've um uh I mean nowadays like I know if I forget a poem I can kinda improvise and I could go into something else without the audience knowing or something like that. But before I really learned to do that, like I mean there's been times like I completely forgot went blank and then started crying and walked off stage. So I uh, <laughs> To my younger days. Hopefully, you know. hopefully, it doesn't happen any time again. But uh, but yeah. But uh, but how did the um, how did the pandemic affect your creative process?
1: <clears throat> Actually, it forced me to be more creative. So if it wasn't for the pandemic, I probably would have never joined College of Dope Ass Writers. Mm. Um, <clears throat> there's a lady named Kaniki Jakarta who's um, who's in uh virginia um alexandria virginia she's a port laureate and she hosts this workshop called write like a woman and i would have never done that if it wasn't for me asking around during during quarantine uh for stuff um and yeah so and i don't know if you know 13th of nazareth um, i don't know if you know who that is uh, but yeah so that's uh so yeah so and uh, Breeze the poet, Breeze had this uh, workshop called The Dojo. you can sign up for. I don't know if he's still doing it, but I, I did that a couple of, a couple of rounds of that, so yeah, it, it made me just do more with poets. I didn't have nowhere to go but work at home, so
0: Right, right. Um, when it comes to when it comes to being a black woman doing spoken word, do you feel like when you do a poem, do you feel like you have to speak for like all black women? Are you in that mindset or is it just more like, this is just for me?
1: I feel like I have to clear a space for all Black women to be able to speak. Mm. Um, I don't feel like I have to speak for all Black women because we're not all the same and we um have similar issues, but others go deeper and others, you know, into other areas. I can't speak for all Black women, but I feel like it is my job to hold a safe space for Black women.
0: Got you. So you feel like you feel that responsibility when you step on stage?
1: Yeah. I, and then even more like even more specific, like not just all black women, but like, let's go f- to my own family. So my mom, my grandma, my great grandma and my <laughs> great grandma, I'm responsible for all for that whole lineage. Got you. Got
0: you. <laughs>
1: That's who I'm responsible for. When I get on stage, I'm responsible for Brula. Like, because wh- like I said earlier, like what was she doing and what did she have the freedom to do? And like, why, like, why would I not get on stage and exercise my right and my freedom to just speak my story? You know? And like, why would I leave them behind? Cause I know for sure they didn't have the same freedom as me to yeah. say and do and go anywhere. Yeah, Like I've been to different places all over the world. Rula didn't go everywhere all over the world. You know what I'm saying? She couldn't. So it's my job. It's my job to go after my wildest dreams, and it's my job to make sure other black women can do the same.
0: And I think it's uh, I think it's awesome that you started because you said you're 25 now, right? Hmm. Yeah, I think it's awesome you started like spitting in high school and things like that because uh, because I didn't start performing until I was 25, and so I don't, and I couldn't really. And I, I never fought myself because I couldn't really start before then because I didn't have, like, enough experiences to pull from. So I think it's awesome that, that you started when you did and you've been able to cultivate that and keeping it moving. I think that's awesome. So um, so when it comes, like, your ultimate goals for spoken word, how, how far do you want to take it? How far do
1: I want to take it? I'm gonna be sitting on millions, so y'all can just claim this now. I'm saying it right now when eight thirty five on whatever day this is, <laughs> I'm gonna be sitting on millions, and I'm gonna create a legacy for my children and my children's children so um, and I know, and in class, you know, we talk to different people, they're not necessarily like in the poetry world all the time but they're like Mm -hmm. creating a legacy and they're able to be creative in their life and that's the type of life I want I want to be able to be creative and have freedom so whether or not um I'm not I'm not really trying to be the best poet the -hmm. best uh writer I'm trying to be better, but I'm not trying to be like, oh, the number one poet in the world is Starry Lyle, Starry Star e. Walker. I'm not trying to do that because it's all based on opinion, who's really the best. Because right. none of us agree on, on one poet that's the best. No, nope. not one of us have. All of us don't have the same one poet. You know right. what I'm saying? That we look up to the same inspiration. So what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to create an avenue for myself to draw money to me so that I can leave that legacy for my children and my children's children. And yeah, because we all deserve people gifts and talents. We all deserve to exercise those gifts and talents. So,
0: absolutely, absolutely. I'm on. A, yeah, I'm on that safe wavelength. I have no desire to be like number one slam champion. I do slams for fun, like you said. I just kind of do it for practice, just to put just to put my heart on there and let people that. Probably never even heard a poem before. Judge me, uh, just to see what I sound like to the you know to the regular ear that's not necessarily poetically inclined. So I feel you. Mm-hmm. Try to get this bread. Try and get this money. I have and no then disaster.
1: listen. And then the best, the poets that got the money, not even the best poets. They not exactly. even your favorite poet. But guess what? They're paid and exactly. they're touring.
0: Exactly. You check, so. And then some of them I've heard not even that good. Not gonna name no names, but I'm like, well Yeah, we ain't gonna name <laughs> nobody. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I'll give you a thousand percent on that. So uh so star, if it's, um if there's one message that you would want somebody to get out of all your work, what would that one message be?
1: Oh, one out of all my work, I'm like, I don't even know the answer to that. Out of all my work, just just for me in general, like I want people to um Out of all my work, one message, follow your dreams and be fearless with it. That's it. Follow your dreams and be fearless with it because um, I I am one of those people that believe like you can have anything that you want as long as you're, I'm not even going to say like as long as you're in good faith with it because we see bad people all the time that are successful, so. Right. <laughs> Just You can have anything that you want. Just make sure you're doing right by people. And you know what I'm saying? Have some morals, live by some principles. And yeah, so
0: follow your dreams. All right. All right. So, um, so Starry, what you got coming up? What can, uh, what can we expect from Starry coming up in the future? Um, what else you got going on?
1: Yeah, so everybody, please, um, first and foremost, please follow me on Instagram and Facebook. at story Starry Lyell on Facebook and being Starry on Instagram, as you can see. Um, and so I'm going to, I'm working on my website right now. Well, I, have, I have somebody working on it and I should be getting them the stuff that they need. But I think it's that retrograde stuff <laughs> that's getting in the way because I can't find my laptop because who does that? How you can't find your laptop? Oh, I don't know. The whole MacBook, yo. Like, where is my Mac? Like, I cannot find it. So, my MacBook is missing, and that's I need like to get new
0: shoes. In. Like, it just can't happen. It just can't happen.
1: <laughs> I've lost a pair of shoes before, so hey. So, anyway, so that's my mind. And so, yeah. So, I will be in Atlanta this not this weekend. Next weekend. I will be in Atlanta and I'm trying to make it to Apache. So, everybody should come out to Apache if you're in Atlanta and we can have some fun and meet in person. And, um, yeah, so just look out for me, follow me, and listen for me. I'm going to be getting my t shirt soon. I'm working on the design with my brother, I'm working on my logo, all that stuff, all that branding stuff.
0: Come through business
1: yeah no i'm working i'm working on it it's coming it's like really slow the pieces coming together really slowly but hey, it's,
0: it's all good. As, long, as long as it's moving forward as long as it's moving forward. yeah
1: inch by inch i'm i'm moving forward so yes just follow me on facebook and instagram so that when i post about it you can know if it, it won't you know what i'm saying yeah
0: that's what's up so sorry, that's all i got for you i appreciate you coming on here and sharing your journey with thank us, you. this conversation with me, I truly appreciate it. And um, thank you for having me. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much.
1: Okay, see you soon. Bye, bye, everybody. Thanks.